The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Prescription for Success with your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Each week, we come through the myths and facts about health and wellness in order to bring you the best advice and the right information that you need to live an incredible life. Now, here is Dr. Emil Haldi. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. We will be having a great show today, but also a life-altering show. Life-altering, yes, because information we'll be discussing here today will be life-altering to some folks out there. We will talk about winning the war on cancer. We will discuss natural approaches to fighting this dreadful disease. This disease is personal to me. I have many family members and friends who survived and those who did not. So this is deeply, deeply personal. I hope it is deeply personal to you as well. And if so, please make sure you ask your friends and families to tune in to the show. Regardless of what your situation is, we'll we'll be discussing new options that are available to you. As you hear me say often, people with more options have better lives. When you hear a cancer diagnosis, there are multiple treatment options available to you. But then what you get is called option fatigue. There are so many options out there. And people are already emotionally impacted and decisions become even more difficult. That's why today I have two brilliant guests with me to talk to you about winning the war on cancer using natural products. I love getting my weekly numbers, and I want to say thank you to our listeners. We are now being listened to in 13 countries. Yes, 13 countries. Give me a shout-out on social media and tell me which topics you want me to cover next and what you like about our radio program. If you need to stop listening to this broadcast, feel free to do so at any time, but you may go back to voiceamerica.com and listen to any of the episodes, this episode or previous episodes, at any time. And again, don't forget to tell your family and friends about our show. So I have two terrific guests with me here today. My first guest is Sylvie Beljanski. Sylvie is a French attorney, a businesswoman, and an educator. In 1999, to honor her father, Dr. Mirko Beljanski, Sylvie founded the Beljanski Foundation, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to find natural, non-toxic cures for cancer. She relentlessly educates the public about the effects of environmental toxins on our health and a highly sought-after speaker at health and wellness conferences globally. She is the author of the award-winning book, Winning the War on Cancer, The Epic Journey Towards a Natural Cure. Sylvie, what a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to join you today. The same here. My second guest is a very special person, Dr. John Hull. Dr. Hull completed his undergraduate studies at Columbia University and got his PhD in biochemistry at NYU in New York City. Dr. Hull has served as an executive in the biotechnology industry. He's currently the director of research at Natural Source International in New York City, which specializes in Biljansky products. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hull. Uh, Thanks very much for having me on. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you both here. We're going to have a great discussion. So, Sylvie, let me start with you. Can you please share your story um, 
And what brought you to this particular career path? Because you have a fascinating journey being an attorney uh, and making it all the way in the nonprofit world. Yes. Uh, I grew up as, you know, a little girl and I was uh, seeing my, my parents. My father was a PhD in molecular biology at, at the Pasteur Institute in Paris. And uh, as he was involved in the developing those natural treatments that could help people suffering with cancer and as a disease, there was a lot of people coming in all the time at the apartment. And uh, I was like, I don't want to be involved with those things. I don't want to be surrounded with sick people. But when when the SWAT team came and destroyed my father's laboratory because of French government did not like the results of a research they had funded for 30 years at the Pasteur Institute. When they uh, decided to destroy all this knowledge, as a lawyer, I just was startled by the situation and I decided I just could not allow that to happen. I just could not allow barbarians uh, and uh, by barbarians, I mean the French army, to destroy knowledge, to destroy something that I had experienced could really, really help. And that's what, why I decided to uh, go away from my, uh, move away from my uh, legal career and start this non-for-profit organization and carry on with the research because it was too beautiful. Wow, did you say squat team showed up in your apartment in the laboratory? A squat team, yes, a squat team they sent. They sent a, with, which came, you know, with uh, military machines, uh, uh, guns, uh, there was an helicopter turning over the, over the laboratory in the sky. I mean, it, it, was, it was really the army uh, that, that came. Sounds like a little bit of an overuse of power. I read your book, so I'm familiar with your story, but I want our listeners to learn your story, which is a very, very powerful story, but definitely seems like an uh, overuse of power for, for a scientist who is trying to change the world. And in legal words, it is an abuse of power. Yes, yes, it is. So your father was a big influence on you, and I read about this in your book, and uh, I definitely know that about your story. Tell us a little more about your father. My father was this uh, biologist uh, ahead of his time in the 70s, 80s. He was looking at a source uh, of cancer which would not be just genetic. He had the feeling that there was more than genes uh, that could lead to cancer. And he was one of the first ones to look at the environment as a cause, but also as a solution to cancer. He looked for uh, natural compounds that can block selectively the duplication of cancerous cells. And by being selective, that means they have a large spectrum of activity. They are, you know, they can, they're not gender or organ specific. They can, you know, address prostate cancer, ovarian cancer, pancreatic cancer, breast cancer, just as well. And the, because they are selective also, they are not toxic and they have no side effects. So that's why, uh, we got involved, I got involved, you know, in meeting so many people when growing up, uh, we were 
coming to home, uh, to our home, because they were they were sick, and they, I saw how my parents could help all those people. I thought it was not for me, but I recognized it was beautiful, and. Uh, that's really moved me uh, to a point where uh, I felt I had to jump in when that was almost gone. Yeah, it's very, very special. It's interesting. I think in your book you mentioned you, that you, you were somewhat even annoyed. Why are those people coming to our apartments, right? Uh, yeah, I was. As, as a little girl. I, I was a selfish little brat, you know, with not really <laughs> understanding of uh, the importance of what my parents were working on. And it's so amazing that you now uh, took uh, the, the took this and, and really bring this to the world uh, and bring your parents' legacy, your dad's legacy to the world and expanding on it. That's absolutely beautiful. Because the research is so beautiful. It, it has been a joy and a pride to be able to work with uh, uh, those uh, great ac- academics, you know, institutions over the years, over the past 20 years. It's just 20 years this year, the foundation. We started in 99 and now we are 2019. So just 20 years. And we have been able to work with Columbia University, with Kansas University Medical Center, with con- uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Now we are working with a Chinese uh, university. I mean, it's beautiful to see how uh, those uh, scientists today get excited about this research, how relevant it is to today's world, and how it continues to make a difference today in people's lives. Yeah. What I find really special is that your father talked about epigenetics, how the environment impacts the genes. And even some doctors today don't believe that fully, right? Of course, there's so much data to show that your environment drives your health conditions. But even today, it's a, it's not an open discussion. And he did this in the 1970s. Did I hear correctly? Yes, yes. He, he was very much ahead of his time. Uh, and that was one of the reasons that, you know, for all of his problems and why he was not understood by his peers. Uh, as you say very accurately, there are some people, some scientists today who are still do not understand uh, epigenetic, which is the way the environment affects uh, our genes. Uh, but there are still, uh, yet there are a number of, of scientists who understand that and uh, mention again and again the importance of epigenetic on the way we function. Yeah, well, this is very interesting. And as you know, in medicine, sometimes we see that, unfortunately, quite often, there's a um, condition for the gastric ulcers, right, that in the past used to be treated with uh, acid-suppressing drugs. And one of the doctors came out, I believe it was, it was in the 1990s, and said the, the ulcers are caused by bacteria. And he literally was left off the stage. And guess yeah. what? Today is the main course of therapy that it's caused, uh, it is believed to be caused by bacteria. It's treated with antibiotics and, and uh, acid-suppressing drugs. So whenever people are not up on something, they look down on it and they get scared. And unfortunately, your father was uh, facing that. Yes, new, new discoveries always take a lot of time to be accepted by uh, mainstream. Yes, yes. So, Dr. Hall, let me go to you. From a, uh, Let me ask you a question. From a pharmaceutical executive to a research scientist for a nonprofit foundation. Tell us a little more. There's such a fascinating journey. Well, let me begin at the beginning. I was a research scientist in academics for some time. I was at Rockefeller University doing research in cell biology. Mm-hmm. And it was there that I became interested in cancer and became part uh, of a startup uh, 
to address uh, the development of a whole new generation of anti-cancer drugs focused on the mechanisms of cell division and cell motility. And after that ran its course, I was really looking for something to do that was different, new, and continued my interest in anti-cancer agents. And the Beljansky was a great appeal to me, even an academic background, and always myself looking for outside-the-box solutions. Uh, I was very open to his thinking about how cancer really gets started, and that includes the influence of the environment. And his theories about uh, DNA destabilization as the fundamental basis for carcinogenesis really caught me. And I said, I've got to help out with this and advance the science. That's pretty interesting. You said that you studied cell division, and this is obviously so important when, when it's related to cancer. Can you talk about that cell division and cancer? We have, let me just uh, give you a little more of a, a perspective here. We have a diverse pool of listeners here. We have scientists and physicians, but we also have lay people. So uh, if you could uh, kind of tie in cell division and how it relates to cancer. Well, cell division is the basic process of a single parent cell dividing, giving rise to two so-called daughter cells. That is the process for the growth of the body, development of our tissues and organs. A lot of cell division is required. Think of the embryo, where there's very rapid and uh, uh, quick cell division in order to build up our tissues. It's astonishing the rate of it. And in fact, in embryonic cell division, there is connection to cancer cell division because cancer is characterized by aggressive, unregulated cell growth. This process of cell division, the arising of two daughter cells from a parent, is happening too frequently, and it's out of control in the cancer cell. In a mature, functioning tissue, those cells divide, as if I can say, when they're supposed to, when they are regulated to do so. In a cancer cell, that regulation has been lost, and the cells are dividing too rapidly, thus a tumor arises. And in cell division, one of the primary steps is the DNA duplication. It's essential that each of the two daughter cells inherits a full set of the genetic information, that is, the DNA. The DNA is, is packed into chromosomes, and every daughter cell, to be viable, has to have a complete set. So the duplication of DNA involving DNA synthesis and then ultimately in the process of mitosis or cell division, the separation of complete sets of chromosomes to both daughters is essential. And what uh, I think you could say Beljansky was looking at is how to use the uh, products he developed, the anti-cancer products, to interfere with cell division specifically in a cancer cell but not in a normal cell. Let me just finish this point by saying that one of the broad problems with anti-cancer agents as we've come to know them is the lack of specificity. And I think many of you listeners will have heard that side effects from some of the common anti-cancer drugs arise from the fact that they interrupt the cell division of not just cancer cells, but also normal cells, some of which may be dividing rapidly. And so getting to that point where you have selectivity is the milestone. And uh, that's what Beljansky accomplished. He saw a way to do it, 
and he was successful doing it. Wow, this is uh, very, very interesting. You, I want to clarify something for our listeners. You said lack of specificity. And we've heard so many times that uh, when people, unfortunately, lose their fight with the cancer, and I've heard it many times, that it's not the cancer that killed them, it's the side effects, right? Whether they get organ failures and there's a lack of specificity and they really suffer from the side effects of the medications. Um, that's what ultimately gets them. So this is a point that you're differentiating on that's important in your research and what Dr. Biljanski has started. That's right. And uh, we know, for example, that many cancer drugs uh, cause damage to the immune system. And this occurs in the bone marrow stem cells, which are knocked off by the cancer drugs. And that whole process of replenishing the white blood cells, which are responsible for fighting infection in viruses and cancer cells, that those cells are lost as a result or side effect of chemotherapy. Yes. It's a devastating side effect. And one of the things that does is render the cancer patient uh, immunosuppressed. And that means that they're susceptible to other infections. And what you just said a moment ago is quite true. It's very common for a cancer patient to succumb, not precisely from the cancer itself, but from an infection brought on by immunosuppression as a result of the cancer treatment. Yeah. So what's interesting is that at the time where you would think that the patient needs more immune response, more immunity infused into them, the, the drugs actually take away that possibility or that uh, immunity from them. And I know I want to point out that I do believe the doctors out there are doing their best, and I know the, the, the tools that they have are what they are, and we've made a big progress, but we also want to look at different approaches and different situations that could benefit folks out there. Yes, indeed. But I agree with you. The doctors I know are all working very hard to help their patients. This is uh, built in the whole perspective on medicine and uh, doctoring that I've seen it personally many times. But there has been a lack of uh, more effective agents in the anti-cancer world. And uh, that's what Beljansky was really addressing. Why, why bother with what he was going to do if he wasn't going to come up with something that really worked better than what we have? Uh, and if I may jump in, uh, I, I think that's uh, why it makes so interesting to have a product, products that work in synergy with chemotherapies. Because uh, that's another tool that the doctor may use without you know, changing the protocol that should be given at the hospital. But having an extra, extra tools in their toolboxes that uh, will add effectivity to uh, chemotherapies without adding any uh, toxicity to the treatment. That's something that everybody which is suffering from cancer and looking at the available options should be interested in. Yes. Wow. Very interesting and very powerful. Uh, so, Dr. Hall, what... Just interject there. I'm sorry, Amon. Because I think that's very telling about Beljansky's character and intellect because he was not interested in developing some possible solutions to cancer and then saying my way or the highway, which is very common when people make a discovery that can help, they insist that theirs is the right and only way. And he did not do this. He was interested in working together with current therapies. And, it, and he looked at this experimentally and showed that his plant extracts themselves with anti-cancer 
and selective uh, anti-cancer effects work well with known chemotherapies. And that's a whole area of application, which I think is beginning to be explored. It's something we've been doing research on and is... Uh, it's now confirmed. It's confirmed and it's got a big future. Yes. Well, we'll talk more about this. Sounds very, very fascinating. So what's, in your opinion, that's making Dr. Biljanski and his innovative ideas very unique? Is that the um, natural approach or can you summarize it in one sentence? Well, in one sentence, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) To say it briefly, I think he really did realize that the science behind our mindset about how cancer gets started isn't really the whole picture. So he was very interested in carcinogenesis. That is the process of how cancer is initiated. And the dogma that we've had in place for over 50 years and the entire apparatus of biomedical research and cancer research has focused on mutations. And this is the genetic model that Sylvie spoke about. It's not epigenetic, it's genetic. And it says that the genes are corrupted by mutations, genes that encode proteins that are important for regulating cell division if they are mutated. And the result is loss of regulation. It is, as I said earlier, the beginning of a cancer, according to this dogma. Belchansky thought, hmm, there's got to be more. And I can go into more detail about his thought process there if you want, but for now I just want to say that he looked at it differently. And it is fundamentally epigenetic, but he was saying the stability of the DNA duplex itself is first compromised in a cancer in a cell that's going to become cancerous. And that is a so-called DNA destabilization. It's simply put, can be summarized as the separation of the two strands of the double helix. When those strands are open, the whole process of cell division is deregulated. And it's the first step in carcinogenesis. I love hearing it because you said something interesting. The mindset was different. He actually challenged the overarching belief in, in the system there that it's the mutation that causes the disease. And now we're looking at something else, which is very, very powerful. Some, we, I heard from my mentor that, that told me the power of the questions, right? If you question the the status quo, questions the current belief, and you elevate the discussion and say, what are the thoughts or what are the paradigms are available to me? And I believe that's what was happening, right? Uh, the mindset or the question itself was different. And um, I'm thrilled to hear that the, we're now moving in the direction of epigenetics because that's where the hope is, right? Uh, if you are only relying on your genes, you're left with blaming your grandparents and your parents, and that's not very productive. Well, but the problem is also that you get mutations occurring in your own body, and if enough of them do, it should be said, according to the paradigm or the dogma, they do contribute to cancer. There's no doubt about that, that mutations make a major contribution to cancer. But I think according to Beljansky's model, the mutations have a, a larger effect as the cancer progresses and becomes advanced. The starting phase is DNA destabilization which is a real problem for the cell as it loses control of DNA duplication and gene expression because of the opening in these two strands, uh, the chances for cancer are increased dramatically and ultimately it starts. Very, very interesting. Sylvie, let me go back to you for a second. Your father was involved in treatment of President uh, Francois Mitterrand. 
in, yes. in, in France. Can you tell us how that happened and what happened? Well, uh, Mitterrand was, uh, was sick with uh, prostate cancer from the beginning of his first term in office, and the terms were seven years at the time in France. Uh, so that was kept secret at the, at the time. We are speaking of the late 80s. But beginning of the 90s, it is now in his second term and the disease has progressed so much that it cannot be hidden and kept secret anymore. So the surgeon comes to the French White House, uh, Elysee, and opens and says that the cancer has spread everywhere, that the president is not going to be able to finish his second term and the country should get ready for uh, early elections. And in the meantime, we are going to give morphine to the president. So uh, leave things like that, and but Mitterrand had a mistress. It's a French story. So uh, Mitterrand, uh, uh, so the mistress knew about a good doctor who uh, knew uh, had good results with my prostate cancer because he was using my father's products. And that doctor was uh, ushed to the French White House and Mitterrand started to take the products. And of course, as we know, I mean, he got better and better, much to the surprise of the officials and the ministers who were already uh, uh, predicting the future. <laughs> and uh, Mitterrand was able to finish his second term. Wow, this is so. This is interesting and powerful, and, and I guess this is the positive spin of the mistress, right? That she was able to to save not only the the president but the country from early elections. Yes, one could say save the country. Others were very uh, dismayed that that did not happen. So yes, yes. Cherchez la femme always. <laughs> so, how long was the treatment for the president? And uh, can you give us a little more details? Uh, I think Mitterrand too, took the products for about three to four years. Uh, he, what he wanted was to finish his second term. Uh, he was able to leave uh, to leave the Elysee Palace. Uh, he was not. Uh, he, he was walking very well. He was. Uh, he was not in a wheelchair. He was. Uh, he remained pre full president until the end of his term. And after that, he decided to let go. That he had. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing. It's a very powerful story. That if the president of uh, the French government was using it and definitely was helped by the product, this is very, very powerful. We are having such an interesting, powerful discussion. I will dive deeper into some of the uh, aspects of natural products after we return from this break. I believe it will help a lot of people and will save lives and provide life-altering information. To my listeners, give me a shout-out on social media and tell me what you like about this particular episode and what you want included in future episodes, and we'll be right back after these messages. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. 
Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Prescription for Success. If you'd like to reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wellness at hcompound.com. Now back to Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Today, I have two very special guests with me. Dr. John Hall, a biochemist and a researcher at Beljansky Foundation. We also have Sylvie Beljansky, the founder of Beljansky Foundation, dedicated to winning the war on cancer using natural products. To learn more about Beljansky Foundation or to connect with Sylvie or Dr. Hall, please visit their website at beljansky.org. So we were having a fascinating discussion before the break. We talked about both of your journeys Dr. Hall and Sylvie, and uh, they, I'd say both of them are very non-traditional, and you're not dedicating your careers to finding natural approach to fighting cancer, which is very, very powerful. We talked about the unique, innovative way uh, your father, Sylvie, Dr. Beljansky, looked at cancer, not a, it, that it's not only mutation, but it's epigenetics, the current environment that's driving um, the disease. And you wrote a very powerful book, which I read myself. Winning the War in Cancer. And I, if you could, please tell us your, about your book. Well, the book is, uh, thank you for mentioning it. My, my book is, uh, is my story, how I got involved uh, into uh, this research. Uh, when I was growing up, I did not want to hear any about uh, of it. But uh, when it was almost destroyed by the French government, I felt uh, I had to jump in and get involved. And uh, because I did not know anything about it, uh, I had to reconstruct, rediscover everything. So I take, I embark the reader with me into my learning curve and I share my experience and my discoveries. And uh, as the Beljansky Foundation grows and uh, starts partnerships with various institutions, I uh, explain what is happening and I share my excitement about the new publications that come in and confirm the work of my father. 
Yes. And, and uh, I'm especially impressed that you do partner with some very reputable institutions in, in, in the country and you do research at reputable institutions. So this is um, highly organized, highly uh, methodical approach that you take to natural products. And you discuss it in your book, and I know you speak about it around the country. So this is a... Uh, uh, something very interesting and I encourage all our listeners to con consider buying the book and uh, making sure your family is aware of natural approaches for this dreadful disease. You know, I'm really shocked. I was really shocked uh, to discover that uh, everything in natural is a little bit poo-pooed by scientists uh, because they uh, say it's not proven scientifically. And because of my father's uh, background and years of research, I knew that you can bring the same scientific rigor at studying natural stuff just as well as synthetic molecules. There is no reason why the research would not be just as serious and uh, the same quality. So uh, that's what I really wanted to recreate. It was to create uh, a quality of research that there would be no possibility to dismiss that and say, well, it's not proven, we have, uh, we don't know, uh, it's not uh, been peer-reviewed papers or whatever. No, I wanted the very best uh, or nothing. <laughs> and uh, it, it had to be uh, Columbia University and peer-reviewed papers to confirm that indeed those uh, natural ingredients are inducing apoptosis of cancer cells. Can you uh, define apoptosis for our listeners? It, it is the death of programmed death of, the, of those cells uh, or inhibiting the replication cycle of cancer cells. And I wanted those make a scientific mechanism of action. I wanted to understand as everything to be explained so that would not be uh, any place for dismissing uh, this research. Yes. And I want to point out to our listeners, this is unique in the world of natural products or natural medicine. Very few natural products are really well studied. Now, we have data, of course, and we take supplements and we take uh, minerals, etc. But for the most part, it's not a common practice for natural products to be so well studied. They have studies at Columbia universities, and, and you mentioned cancer centers uh, that is doing a trial for you. So this is, uh, this is very, very powerful. Yes, and very often, there, because there is no money for natural stuff, uh, the research is paid for by uh, laboratories who are, at the end, pushing drugs. If there is no uh, future for a development of a drug, there is no reason for to invest. So there is very little money uh, spent on natural stuff because you cannot turn that into a drug because of patent law. Yes. And again, we fall onto the, on the legal, my legal background, you know, patent law has a lot to do with the way uh, medicine is is done uh, nowadays yes it should not be that way it should be about what is helping people what is making a difference what is going to make us better feel better not about what is patentable and not patentable and supreme court decisions about about that yes it's unfortunately the reality and uh, what, what i always 
encourage folks, follow the trail, see who's sponsoring the trial, see where's the trial done. And if you see a reputable institution, it's most likely a trial that's uh, well studied and well, well put together because it has to pass through certain approvals. And uh, you, you have more of a chance that, that the information is very, very valuable and, and, and life-saving. And I applaud you for really proceeding forward with such powerful institutions because Columbia University is one of the top in the world, not only in New York City, but in the world. Yes. I have to say that I, I was really uh, surprised uh, indeed that uh, to get the interest of Columbia University or Kansas University Medical Center. But I also realize that those scientists, they are happy to... Uh, have the opportunity to publish on something which is new and different and is going to work. So actually it was a win-win situation for everybody and I hope there will be more and more of those situations. Yes, yes. So Dr. Ho, let me ask you a question. What's new, what's the newest research in the world of plant uh, compounds for cancer, cancer prevention or treatment? Well, let me give you just a brief summary of what we've done. Because we're talking about Columbia University Medical Center, Mm -hmm. but we work specifically with Dr. Aaron Katz there, who was at the time chairman of the Department of Holistic Urology. So you can see even at a mainstream and I could say um, uh, conservative institution like Columbia, Mm -hmm. there were pockets of interest. And I consider Katz a, a medical scientist. He really had interest in Uh, plant extracts and their potential specifically for prostate health. And he did a series of experiments in his laboratory. And I can say at this time that there are two basic plant extracts we're talking about here. The two that Beljansky discovered are Paolo Pereira and Revolfia vomitoria. And in the experiments at Columbia, uh, we saw that both extracts are effective against prostate cancer. And this is done, as we've been saying, in a rigorous way with both in vitro, that is cell-based assays, and in vivo in animal studies. And I think we were, of course, pleased, but I also think that Columbia was surprised and pleased at how well these extracts worked against cancer, prostate cancer specifically. And then from there, we went to Kansas University. We're still working with them. There was a group, uh, the laboratory is actually headed by a Dr. Chen who has real interest in these plant-based uh, answers to cancer. And I think you'll see among scientists that open-mindedness, trying to get some research done, having high standards for the quality of the work, and getting some publications. And at Kansas, we focused on pancreatic cancer and ovarian cancer. And I think that was in part due to uh, a desire to address a cancer problem for women not just men, as in prostate, and also to include pancreatic, because along with ovarian, those are two of the hardest cancers uh, to deal with in any using any therapy. I think we were up on the potential of these extracts and interested in seeing how uh, they could uh, handle uh, really tough cancers, often diagnosed late and advanced by the time they're diagnosed. Ovarian and pancreatic are... Uh, really tough to treat in any modality. And we had great success with both extracts, the Pauperera and the Revolfia vomitoria. And those are experiments we spoke a little bit about earlier because Dr. Chen and her group 
combine the extracts with the chemotherapy drugs that are used, uh, gemcitabine and carboplatin for pancreatic and ovarian cancer, respectively. And those results are really striking because the combination of the plant extracts with the traditional chemo drug resulted in a very effective total anti-cancer effect. And more than that, we also gave us something called a dose reduction effect, meaning that inclusion of the plant extract in a treatment with the drug enabled the drug to be used at a lower dose and then alleviating some of the toxicity associated with those uh, uh, cancer drugs. And that has great promise for the future, as I think I already said. The idea is that including the plant extracts in a regimen that has some of these anti-cancer drugs in it can both be more effective against the cancer and enable a lower toxicity uh, by using the combination. Yeah, this, this is very interesting. So what you're saying is when you introduce those plant extracts, in patients with ovarian cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancers, you're able to lower the drugs of uh, chemotherapeutic agents so that there's less immunosuppression, there's less um, uh, drug-induced nausea and vomiting, and those nasty side effects, so that you're able to get the patient through therapy, through um, them not be basically being beaten up by the chemotherapy. Yes, yes. Let, let me say now that those were animal experiments we're not in a position at that time to do an experiment with human subjects, but I think that's going to be coming. Particularly ovarian, for example, women with advanced ovarian cancer have very few options. And so I think the idea, when we've been in discussions with one uh, doctor, uh, who, there's real interest in this combination, using, say, revolfiovomitoria together with one of the platin-based drugs to see if, if there could be progress even in late stage um, ovarian. We, we, speaking of different stages, we have uh, been able also to do research at different stage of cancer. And I thought that was really uh, interesting because it uh, enlarged a number of people that can be helped through this research. We have done uh, research on cancer, various kinds of cancer. We also have had a, a publication on advanced prostate cancer, which doesn't respond to hormonal treatment. It, they respond to uh, Pao Pereira. And we also, the next uh, paper that we are going to have is uh, on precancerous cells. All those people, uh, all those men who have enlarged uh, prostate and uh, high P PSA can also benefit from, from the, uh, those products. So that's a upcoming, new upcoming paper. That's excellent. Is there any data or any recommendations about prevention uh, of cancers, like prostate cancer, breast cancer? Uh, if someone starts taking these supplements early, will they potentially prevent uh, condition, their condition? That's what's the latest paper. I mean, the one which is uh, going to, to be published in the coming months uh, is showing, actually, and explaining how it has an anti-inflammatory benefit uh, that would could be of a general uh, offer general prevention wherever it is located. Again, we, we have one DNA from head to toe, so it's not it's not gender or organ specific. So the mechanism of prevention that is suggested is anti-inflammatory. By reducing inflammation, you prevent potential cancer growth. Is that correct? 
Yes, it is one of the mechanism uh, that looks like there are uh, several uh, combina a combination of mechanisms that uh, come together to, for a greater benefit. That's excellent. So you have a listener here who is saying, look, I'm pretty healthy. I'm just thinking about prevention. I'm in my uh, early 30s, 40s, whatever the age may be, right? I want to prevent this dreadful disease. What's the supplement you recommend for them to take? What's the dose? Uh, can you tell us a little more? Well, it, it looks like, like Pau Pereira and Rovolfia vomitoria would be two herbs that uh, would be of interest uh, for anybody seeking prevention. Hmm. Now, the two plant extracts I mentioned work well together, and that combination is worth uh, using uh, for both anti-inflammation and anti-cancer. The whole concept of prevention comes to the fore because inflammation, particularly when chronic, is often a prelude to cancer. This is true uh, certainly in prostate and breast, but also in, say, pancreas. Pancreatitis is, uh, is a condition of inflammation that when chronic, meaning it continues, it's not episodic and resolves, it continues for time, that puts the individual at greater risk of cancer. And these plant extracts can intervene early stage in inflammation, middle stage in cancer. And there's also studies we haven't yet talked about showing advanced cancer and in specific cancer stem cells, which is a whole other topic. But those are responsible for progression and remission. Uh, the reason why cancers are so hard to get rid of and why do they always come back? It's now thought that that's because of cancer stem cells to play a special role by hijacking some of the stem cell, normal stem cell machinery and using it for the cancer to promote itself and become more advanced and to stay around and come back again and again. So I think as Sylvie was saying, we're dealing with all the stages and that can be interpreted in terms of the DNA damage I spoke about earlier. Uh, inflammation is associated with the beginnings of a DNA damage phenotype destabilization, as I've called it, as Beljansky called it. And that phenotype starts in chronic inflammation, but it persists throughout cancer and advanced cancer. Yeah. And extracts recognize and go after that. And uh, so you get the whole gamut, prevention to cancer. But when stage. we speak to, to prevention, you know, and I, I think it comes uh, clear in my books, I believe also that there is all the hygiene of the lifestyle and uh, and uh, nutrition and the fact uh, that we uh, do not try to reduce stress and conflicts in, in our lives is really, really important for when it comes to uh, prevention and treatment of cancer. I don't think that, you know, a few capsules just like that uh, isolated in, in a life would be a complete mess would, uh, would make a deep, big difference. You have to align uh, your values and uh, your have a decent life. Yes. To, to turn your life around. Yes, I love your term lifestyle hygiene, and it's so so important. You know, because you could take the best product or the best uh, prevention supplement, but if your lifestyle hygiene, as you refer to Sylvie, is toxic. Yes. You are not optimizing your life, to say the least. And that includes many things as far as detoxing, watching what you eat, uh, what kind of um, 
products you're putting in your body. It's not only what you ingest by your mouth. It's only what types of thoughts you put into your head and what you're allowed to move on as far as what, what, what you give us energy in your head because our emotions play a tremendous role on uh, basically our epigenetics. And that's the environment we create for ourselves. Absolutely. It's our own ecosystem. Yes, yes. So that that we need to do a show uh, by itself because I believe that by itself could heal so many conditions. And if we clear as far as what our limiting beliefs are uh, and things that we put on our head and, and our body will be so much further ahead. Um, I specifically want to ask you, uh, and this question is first for Dr. Hall, but maybe for Sylvia afterwards. What about the extract that supports the immune system? Is that one of those two you mentioned or something else? No, this is something else and quite distinct because it's an extract. It consists of RNA fragments. The ribonucleic acids are in our body. They're in every living cell. And the way Beljansky handled these RNAs was to fragment them and examine their activity in the promotion of white blood cells, the proliferation. And he used this and envisaged this as a response to immunodeficiency. We started out talking a little bit about that, but Beljansky came up with an answer, uh, which is a pure extract of RNA. It's uh, purified from a strain of E. coli. It's a bacteria that's safe uh, to use and to consume. And these fragments, which he chopped up according to a specific protocol and purified, so there's just RNA in there, they serve as primers for DNA synthesis. And they do so specifically in bone marrow stem cells, which is the source of our immune cell population. And we've mentioned Cancer Treatment Centers of America. It's the RNA fragments which were in a clinical trial there used to support, they proved to support the immune system of cancer chemotherapy patients which were suffering from just the kind of negative side effects we've discussed including myelosuppression or loss of white blood cells because of the anti-cancer drugs affecting the bone marrow. And what these RNA fragments can do is restore normal counts. We looked at platelets. We also know, and Beljanski determined that those RNA fragments also support the proliferation of white blood cells known as neutrophils, which fight infection. The platelets are vital for blood clotting, which is yet another risk of cancer chemotherapy. The drugs wipe out the platelets and uh, a person can bruise and bleed internally or externally uh, with lethal consequences. So uh, this is an absolutely terrific but quite distinct agent that uh, can be used not just in severe cases, for example, myelosuppression and chemotherapy, but also for those who need a boost to their white blood cell populations. It can be used as an immune booster, and uh, I know many people have used it for that. That's excellent. So, not, you. What I, I want to repeat what you're saying because this is what doctors all over the world are looking for. How do you improve some of the blood markers, platelets, white blood cells during chemotherapy? Because if you're treating patients with chemotherapy, one of the things that every oncologist wants out there is not to interrupt the treatment. And most often, or at least a lot of times, the treatment is interrupted because the white blood cells go down too much or the platelets, or any other marker that's really putting you in a danger zone. So what you're telling me, that this specific extract is helping doctors prevent these markers from going down. Yes, it's called dose reduction. They're forced because of the condition of the uh, uh, patient's immune response and number of counts of cells to, to com- either reduce the dose of the drug or stop the treatment completely 
which as I think you know, is dangerous precisely because it gives the cancer a chance to come back. Then and there, in the course of treatment, dose reduction means that the drugs are pulled away, they're given at a lower dose, if indeed it's not necessary to completely interrupt the treatment, and that's very dangerous for the cancer with regard to concern about the cancer growth and continued growth. Often, uh, with a respite like that, the cancer comes back uh, or it becomes more aggressive. So Yeah, we yeah. had a clinical trial at Cancer Treatment Centers of America a few years ago, and uh, that led to a beautiful publication, which, by the way, is available on the website of belchansky.org. And it shows how those uh, RNA fragments uh, were able to help people who were at the verge of thrombocytopenia, suffering from different kinds of cancer, receiving different kind of regimen of uh, chemotherapies, and none of them during uh, the clinical trial uh, suffered from thrombocytopenia and had to uh, terminate their chemotherapy. All of them were able to go all the way. And at the end of the treatment, uh, amazingly, uh, it looks like their uh, bone marrow was doing better, mm. but better than at the beginning. It was like kind of protected during the chemotherapy, course of chemotherapies, which is something absolutely amazing. Wow, very, very powerful. So let's say we have someone who is listening to this program and they've just been diagnosed with uh, some kind of cancer. Sylvie, what's your advice to that person? Oh, first, don't lose hope, don't get despaired, uh, don't, don't, uh, and start looking at your options. Uh, first, get informed about everything that uh, exists out there. uh, Speak with different kind of doctors uh, and um, look for what is going to work for you. Uh, It's not because, you know, somebody uh, who is not interested in a full part of what is medicine today, don't let that person make all the decisions about your life. Look, really uh, look for what is best for you. That is excellent advice, Dr. Hall. Anything from you? Someone who is facing a life-altering condition. What's your advice from? What's the advice from the research scientist? Well, I think it's important, indeed, to get more than one opinion. And I would argue that one of those opinions uh, might well be from an integrative medical doctor, somebody who's thought about this problem not just in traditional terms, but some of the alternatives, like the ones that we represent. And when you have done your research, you know, you can come to, to bring, bring those uh, publications to your doctor and uh, discuss those publications and say, why would you, would you, couldn't I take this product together with my chemotherapy? Because when it is published that it works together, uh, you know, Ask questions. There is no wrong question. Yes, yes. I am a strong believer that it's, it is the patient who, is, who should be driving their health. And, of course, they have to work with a very experienced practitioner or doctor, uh, but they need to be part of the team, and the patient is the CEO of their own health. And uh, this is a beautiful message. Sylvie and Dr. Hall, this has been a terrific discussion. Unfortunately, our show is coming to an end. We could talk for hours about this life-altering information. This is truly tremendous. I honor you for your tremendous work on natural products that you're doing. We need more of that. 
in today's world. Ladies and gentlemen, this makes it a show to reach Sylvie or Dr. Hall. Please reach out to them through their website, beljansky.org. That's B-E-L-J-A-N-S-K-I.org. To learn more about Haldi Pharmaceutical or to sign up for a consultation with us, give us a call at 646-650-5040 or email me at wellness at hcompound.com. This makes it a show, ladies and gentlemen. If you if you want to live a happier, fuller, healthier, and a more fulfilled life, you need to be the CEO of your health. You need to be guided by an amazing practitioner. But it's your life. You lead it. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be happy and healthy. Thank you for tuning in to Prescription for Success. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Emil Haldi, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of the program. Have a great and healthy week.